What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sheep Kashir podcast, where here we talk about people, politics, and of course, popular culture. I'm your host, Austin Creed. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you into the show. You're in for a fantastic episode. We're talking today about a, a topic that I don't really hear people talking all that much about when it comes to what it is, but I'll tell you something. Everybody has their opinion on it. We're talking about what is love today. Now, I know, very loaded statement. How could you how could you possibly define love, Austin? That's very ambitious of you. Well, it's a very complicated question. A lot of different cultures have defined it in multiple different ways. I, of course, have my own thoughts on the matter, and I'm very sure that you do as well. Which is why we're going to hop into it today, so... For those of you who don't know what you're listening to, welcome to the most educational show on the internet, where we talk more, I would say, unorthodox show. We don't just, I'm looking forward to at some point having guests on the show more, but I want to really set the stage here. All right, before we do that, though, I want you to know that your voice is valuable and it should be heard. So if you want, you can go over to my Twitter page at Aussie Creed and you can follow me. I'm going to post this question as soon as I'm done recording this episode and putting it up for y'all to listen to. So if you want to let your voice be heard, you want to answer the question, you want to explain how you experience love in your life, how you've expressed love, anything in between, feel free to let your voice be heard, whether it's on YouTube or Rumble in the comments section, or you can go and answer the question on my Twitter feed. But regardless, my friends, I really want to hop into this because on the end of the day, I think everybody has an answer to this question. And I'm going to share some with you because there are multiple different examples throughout history. And, you know, I want to provide a little bit of historical context for a second before I really get into my personal experiences with love, because before we get any farther, we need to acknowledge that there are multiple different kinds of love. Of course, for those of you who know anything about the Greek language, they have, I think it's six different words for love. They have multiple different words for it, and it goes from erotic love, brotherly love, familial love, whatever. They have everything under the sun. But we as Americans, who speak English for the most part, uh, we only have one word. We use it from anything from I love my dog, I love pizza, I love my mother, I love my girlfriend. You have all kinds of different contexts for love, but it's the same word. And I'll tell you something else. I have found in my own life, people are obsessed with love. They chase it. They have a, an incessant need to have love as if it's paramount to the human condition. And I can't help but the wonder to myself, is that really, is that true? I don't know. Maybe I'm just a sociopath who's completely devoid of human emotion, but I, I don't know. I mean, look, everybody has needs. So let's get that out of the way. But also people have this need to feel loved. And you know what? I've looked at people exploring this concept and I wanted to share it with you. So first I'm going to show you this article by The Cut. Fair use to them. They bring up the story that I'm talking about. It says, 
says, there's a word for the assumption that everybody should be in a relationship. Now, of course, this goes back way before our time. Everybody's felt like they need someone in their life, you know, whether it's their heterosexual, homosexual, whatever it may be. Everybody feels this need to feel belonged, to feel loved, right? Well, there are roots for this. So let's look at it. It says, this conundrum run the conundrum runs deep, like anciently so. So in this book, I think it's um, Symposium by um, Plato. He really dives into this. And I've, I've heard this story before, but I didn't know where it came from. So I had to look it up, and this is what I found. He says, Plato has Aristophanes recounting the origins of humanity. Now, I want you to listen to this. It says, man's original form was a four-legged, four-armed, double-sexed entity, but Zeus, the Greek god of Olympus, said, who thought that humans might threaten the power of the gods, had them sliced in half. With, wickedly enough, their heads turned, quote, towards the wound, so that each person would see that he'd been cut and keep better order. Wow. Don't worry, it gets better. He says, this, Aristophanes explained, is where the standardization aches for a soulmate. This is where this aching for a soulmate comes from, he says. Now, since their natural form had been cut in two, they'd gone from four arms and four legs to bipedal in both regards, and had gone from a double-sexed entity to a single. Here's what he says. He says, each one longed for its own other half. Now, this is where the saying, my better half or my other half, this is this is where that saying comes from, is this story right here. In case you didn't know, this is where that saying comes from. It's right here. I'll keep reading. He says, this is where this longing for the other half comes from. And so, they would throw their arms around each other, weaving themselves together, wanting to grow together. Beautiful, isn't it? Now, that's poetry. That's writing. That's fantastic. You hear that? That is where this notion of love comes from. In my opinion, this is where it comes from. Is these, whether it's Plato, Shakespeare, Walt Disney, these storytellers, they bring this fantastical example of love, of human desire to be in community with someone else whom they love very deeply. They care for, they long for, whether it's they long for their companionship, they long for their loins, they long for everything about this person. That's where this notion comes from, is from the Greek philosophers, from Walt Disney, from the Shakespearean plays such as Romeo and Juliet and Midsummer Night's Dream, you name it. All these different stories play off this notion that we as human beings are made to give and receive this emotion called love. That is what this whole thing is about. They put this notion forward that sexism should not be merely put down as just a physical action, that both the the spirit, the mind, and the body should be all wrapped into one experience and that men and women were not meant to be alone. They were meant to be together. Well, it's a very romantic notion, of course. 
So then why is it do we see today's society that men and women seem to be in a, quote, gender war? I don't think there is one, by the way. But why is it that we see people at each other's throats? There's almost this grappling, wrestling for power. People seem to be at an all-time unhappiness. People seem to be confused, distraught, unhappy. Why do we see all that happening today? Well, it's really not that complicated. But I really want to dive more into this because this article, I have not read all of it. But I want to really dive into it a little bit more. Let's keep reading it. Let me flip the screen back. Here we go. It says, this is a primordial example of the centricity of romantic love to the human experience. It says, to Arizona State philosopher Elizabeth Brake, I don't know who this, I don't know who she is. It says, privileging such partnerships over all other relationships and lifestyles has toxic, though sometimes hard to see consequences. To capture the culture-wide preoccupation with romance, sexual love, she coined the term, what is it? How do you pronounce this? I feel like I should know. I'm abnormality. If it's, I'm sorry, this is a really long word that's really complicated. So in other words, what she's saying, min, so minimalizing marriage, marriage, morality, and the law. Okay, what... Where does this go? Oh, man. I'm going to start playing with more. Oh, this is interesting. It says, one side effect of mistaking life for a romantic comedy is that it makes it easier to assume that anybody who acts in a non-normative way, whether they be single, asexual, aromantic, or you might say non-monogamous. In other words, they don't believe in the traditional form of marriage that we have come to know in the West must be weird and or defective since the love prescribed is... Okay, this is... Okay, I'll skip down a little bit more. It says, like any culture-defining narrative, the consequences are everywhere informing how single people view themselves why unhappy partners stay in, quote, bad relationships, and how personal growth and the achievement of adulthood are thought to work. Okay. I don't know really know where they're going with this. Oh, now they get, okay. Then they get into same-sex relationships, which, which we are not here to discuss. But my friends, this notion of humans having this inherent primordial desire to be with someone whom they care about is nothing new. Let I present to you with another individual who wrote about love and wrote about this similar concept, maybe not in the same way, but boil it down to a little more of the everyday. I present to you the amazingly gifted English writer William Shakespeare. Let's look at some of the quotes he has from some of his books. Or, I guess, not books, but they're playwright. They're plays. Let us look. It says, Best love quotes from Romeo and Juliet, as told by William Shakespeare. Let's look. It says, This bud of love, by summer's ripening breath, may prove a beauteous flower when next we meet. Now, you're going to have to excuse the rather old English that isn't really spoken anymore, hasn't been spoken since like the 1800s, but 
There's a lot of beauty to be found in this. For any of you who actually read this stuff in high school, as I did, this should be a refresher. But for those of you who are rather uneducated or can't be bothered to pick up a book, you'll learn something. Here's some more. It says, alas, the love so gentle in his view should be so tyrannous and rough in proof. Lovers can be their amorous rights by their own beauties. See... No one, no one talks like this in real life. You have to read this from people who lived hundreds of years ago. Oh, this is a good one. Young men's love then lies not truly in their hearts, but in their eyes. What? You mean to tell me that men are visual creatures? Oh my gosh, that's shocking. That's shocking. Really? You mean to tell me that guys care about physical appearance? Why, that's impossible. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that at the LGBTQ plus parade where they, I didn't hear anything about that. That's ridiculous. I thought it was all about someone's, I thought it was all about personality and connection and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Let's keep going. Oh, uh, let's see. What's another good quote from William Shakespeare? Oh, this is good. Love is heavy and light, bright and dark, hot and cold, sick and healthy, asleep and awake. It is everything except what it is. <laughs> see, this is the kind of writing that I like to read. Because love is one of those things that William Shakespeare really dives into, but he also likes to poke fun at it. Like, look, for those of you who have read... Romeo and Juliet, you need to understand something. It, we like to portray it as if it's this superior example of love and of an example of what love should be. I would, I would die for you. Life cannot be lived without you. No, he was actually making fun of the young people in his time who he thought were so ridiculous and stupid and consumed by their own hormones that they didn't have the ability to see the bigger picture. And instead they would just throw themselves <clears throat> and their entire future away over one love and, or their first love. They were just consumed by it. it. It controlled their entire existence and their life. Oh, everybody should know this line. Parting is such sweet sorrow. I mean, has anybody actually experienced this in their life? Has anybody actually been in this stage in their life where they're so twitterpated, they're so infatuated with another human being that <clears throat> these kind of words ring true for them? That the entire world just seems so much brighter, more wonderful, more worth living, almost like they're all high on drugs? Has anybody ever experienced this? Or am I just a sad man who's <clears throat> really... I've experienced part of this in my life before. I mean, everybody has flings when they're young, when they're inexperienced, and everybody has this at least once. Let's be honest. Even the most grinchy, unhappy, angry, miserable human being has experienced something like this in their life. Like this. See how lean, see how she leans her cheeks upon her hand. All that I wore a glove upon that hand that I might touch that cheek. I mean, come on. Does anybody not experience this? Like, this is, this is, it's beautiful, to be honest. It is. 
But this is another interesting line. It says, if love be blind, love cannot hit the mark. You ever seen the show like Love is Blind or something like that? <clears throat> Ridiculous concept in my opinion. But then it begs the question. Because there are multiple different kinds of marriages. We talk, we talk about my cynicism around marriage on this show. For those of you who have not heard it before. I am rather cynical. I know. Shocking. But <clears throat> when it comes down to it, I believe that this notion of love is it's beautiful and it's pure, but that's the thing. Does it actually exist? Does it exist outside the pages of books, outside the minds of artists? But does it actually really exist in the real world or are we merely forcing it to exist because we want it to be real? We need it to be real because that's what we want, what we crave. What do you think? Do you think that these concepts actually exist or are they romanticized to a level which we can barely comprehend? I could be wrong. What do you think? <clears throat> By the way, sorry about my voice. My voice is kind of weird today. My friends, I'm curious what you think about this. Give me one second. Uh, sorry about that. My friends, this is... Love is an interesting phenomenon because everybody has their own view of what love means to them. There's this concept of love languages. There's this concept of we need someone else to complete us. We need someone else to validate that we are a good person, a likable person, an enjoyable person. We almost have this biological fundamental need for someone else to affirm or even change this distorted view we have of ourselves. We look in the mirror and we see someone that someone else who looks in the same mirror at the same person will see a completely different individual who is not us, or at least not how we see ourselves. That is what I think love really comes down to, is we want someone to see us in a way that we wish we could see ourselves. And there are those of us who have this more, more balanced view of ourselves, who understand that we need to love ourselves. We need to be able to live with ourselves like ourselves and not resent our shortcomings, not resent the things about us we wish we could change, but maybe can't. It's those little things about ourselves that we often try to run away from we try to escape and love is a form of that escape infatuation falling head over heels and obsessing over someone else helps divert the attention away from ourselves our own shortcomings our own inadequacies who knows maybe i'm just talking up my butt and i don't know what i'm talking about i mean let's be honest do most of us listen do you listening to this show do you listening to the Sheep Could Share podcast right now? Do you love yourself? Do you enjoy your own company? Or when you're alone, are you obsessing over finding someone else to hang out with? Finding someone else to validate you, whether it be you want someone to tell you you're good looking, someone to tell you you're enjoyable, to tell you that you're a beautiful person. You need someone else to do that for you? Do you need someone else to do that? Because when you look in the mirror at yourself, you're not saying that. 
and you think that somehow someone else if enough people tell you that you're beautiful if enough people tell you that you're great if enough people validate this vision of yourself that you wish was true that you don't see do you really think that someone else can do that for you whether it be five people ten people ten thousand people do you really think that that's going to change i don't i think I found this to be true in my own life. I remember a time back when I was in the military and I was still very much in the throes of my own passions because my life I was unhappy in my life. I was unhappy with what I was doing at the time. And I remember I was having relations with this one woman on a pretty regular basis. She was in an open relationship, blah, 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 blah. Not important details. But... I remember in the back of my mind, I thought to myself, why am I doing this? And the answer kind of dawned on me because let's be honest, when I was, when I was in the moment, when I was in the throes of passion for lack of a better expression, my insecurities about myself, the things I didn't like, things that were outside of my control that I normally worried about, stressed about, couldn't put out of my mind for more than two seconds just flittered out the window they weren't they weren't around anymore it was just I was forced to be in that moment in that room in that bed and that was it now does anybody else relate to that besides me anybody else ever had that before is that what love is is that just an escape well I don't know what do you think? I think at the end of the day, love is a complicated, a complicated notion. But I think I can say with firm devotion to the truth, when I say that love is a choice, lust is an emotion, love is a choice. Love is a choice you make every day. If you're married, you choose to love your spouse. Whether you actually like them in that moment or not, different conversation, different, different problem. You may not be attracted to them all the time, may not be liking them all the time. You may not even want to be around them all the time, but you choose to love them. You choose to put them before yourself. You choose to put their happiness before yourself. That is what love is. Most people, they can't do that. They think they can, and they might be able to do it for a month, a month, two months, a year, but can they do it for the rest of their life? I don't think so. I think that they want to, and in some cases they might come close, but I don't know. I'm not convinced. But this is a fundamental question because we hear in, in songs and popular culture and from people of, high, of very high popularity that Love is all you need. Love transcends everything. Love is the ultimate emotion. But most people don't even know what it is that they seek. It's like trying to chase the end of the rainbow. It's always on the horizon. It's always just out of reach. But you've convinced yourself that you must find it because it is the answer to all your problems. What do you think? Is it? 
Is it nothing more than a fantasy? Is it a reality that could be achieved if only someone did X, Y, or Z? What do you think? Have you fallen in love? Am I just someone who hasn't experienced it the way that you have and you have the answer? Well, I don't know. You'll have to tell me. My friends, I want you to fully try to embrace this idea of love and try to understand it. Does it actually work? Does it not work? What I firmly believe that arranged marriages have a higher success rate than love marriages, which we find for the most part in the West. Now, I'm not talking about the illegal ones, the ones of uh, very low morality, very questionable ethics that we see in certain parts of the world. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just marriages that are designed to, that are kind of more diplomatic almost from, from families. And they learn to love each other instead of just, you know, falling, having it burn out like a neutron star, you know, because love is often a chemical reaction that compels animals to breed. It will hit you very fast and then it will slowly fade, leaving you stranded in an unhappy situation, an unhappy relationship. And we see that because the divorce rate reflects that. And statistically, women lose their emotions more faster than men do on average not in every situation but on average so my friends what do you have to say what do you think about what love is do you think love is real please i love to hear but until next time my friends i really want to hear that i want to hear what you have to say about it because at the end of the day there are multiple answers to this question and there's no simple one i mean i could give you the textbook definition like who cares about the textbook definition people care more about how it relates to their life how they've experienced things because everybody experiences things a little bit different just as everybody has a different prescription for their glasses they all but most people wear glasses or contacts it's a little bit of a different prescription just in the same way that everybody experiences the same realities of life differently and thus they have a different opinion on the matter altogether so, my friends, I would love to hear what you have to say about it. You can go on over to my Twitter page at Aussie Creed, or you can go over to the YouTube or Rumble pages, and you can leave a comment over there and just tell me what you think. Until next time, my friends, God bless you. God bless your family. God bless this beautiful country called the United States of America. We're out of here. Peace. Take care.